Hi, everybody. I am Janie Black. Welcome to Dyslexia Jewels. I am happy to be here today because I have an amazing guest. She is all the way from the UK. Her name is Paloma Ford. Um, she is the leading expert in the field of special education needs and dyslexia. She founded um, Screening for Dyslexia in April of 2016, and she's also the author of Dynamic Dyslexia, which you can find on Amazon. She's also going to be one of the speakers at the International Dyslexia conference this year. Thank you so much for being here today, Paloma. I'm excited to have you. I'm so excited. <laughs> Thank you so much for inviting me, Jane. It's, it's a delight to be here. <laughs> uh, so I wanted to start out by having you share how did it come to be that you started screening for dyslexia in 2016? Uh, that's a very good question. Um, well, we're going to probably go back a few years before that. So I'm one of those lucky people at the age of 16 being sent off to work experience. I was sent off to work in a special needs school. And after five days, I came skipping out of there and I said, that's what I want to do. I want to help children uh, with additional needs. So I kind of went to university and, and did my two years mainstream and then jumped straight into special needs. So I've been teaching in that field for over 20 years. But what happened is a few years before 2016, because I was in charge of um, uh, like a, 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 it's called a Senko over here, where you're in charge of the special needs within a school. Um, I kept noticing that there were a few educational psychologist reports that were coming in and uh, they weren't fully diagnosing. And some of the tests I knew that I could do myself. Uh, I just needed the funding to buy them. And um, a lot of the kids were older as well. And I kept thinking, well, if we were just screening them, because I knew we could we can buy screeners. So I thought well, if I can purchase a, uh, a screening tool, then let's try and catch it early. So that was the idea. And then um, it kind of took off very quickly because I realized <laughs> there was suddenly a gap because parents were just literally desperate because they were being told uh, you, you need to wait, you need to wait, you need to wait. So that's how it happened, really. Um, so we're talking about screening and the desperate need. What? How young can a child be to be screened for dyslexia? So um, there's quite a few different screening tools out there. Um, the mass majority of them can screen from five, uh, which is quite incredible. Um, so yeah, for, so as young as five, because it will look at different areas, it will look at certain areas. And um, the thing about screenings is the outcome page is actually, it's like a form of graph. So you can actually see your child's profile and you can see it immediately. So, and it'll be standardized scores with centiles. So you can see where the child is. So obviously if they're very low scoring, it means that we call it at risk. So they become an at risk student. And as soon as we know they're at risk, we know that they need to learn in a different way. And it means we can provide stuff literally straight away from the age of five. So we're getting ahead of the game. Now, they may not be dyslexic, uh, but the likelihood is because it's on a, we can work it out as a percentage. But pretty much if you've got a child that's showing 90 to 95 percent um, probability rating, you're more or less saying that child's so likely to be dyslexic. So let's just get the support in place. And you can do all that without an educational psychologist report, which over here, I know they cost between four and 600 pounds privately. I don't know what it's like in the States. It's very expensive. 
It's very expensive. It is not always covered by insurance, usually not. And it's like you're saying, the most important thing really is let's get these kids the help that they need as soon as possible. So um, share a little bit about, you know, someone who got screened and got the help. What type of, you know, gains did you see? Yeah. Um, so if I give an example of when I was at school, for example, so we had a couple of children that were, we call it reception over here. I think it's kindergarten over there. Reception yes. is four, <laughs> four going on five. So because I'm able to train and I'll talk about training after. So I, I trained my staff, especially my nursery staff, kindergarten staff to have a real eye what to look out for. They were able to spot a couple of children because it's roughly they say it's about you know, 10%. So you would in a class of 30, you'd expect anything between, you know, about at least three children. So we kept an eye on them, um, already provided intervention. Then once we screened them, and um, we got the profile, we then called the parents in and said, right, this is the likelihood. And we get them involved as very much that um, homeschool partnership link. So we can provide provision so there's a there's a, a lot of um, apps and stuff, a lot of computerized products over here, as there will be in America as well. But there's also stuff that you can do yourselves, as in multi-sensory learning using wooden alphabets and, you know, sand and all sorts. Uh, so we would very much get the parents involved and try to get them to do things at home as well as us, because we're limited to how much we can offer a child and again, that's best practice. If you've got parents and teachers and we're all singing from the same song sheet and then we would do like a placement test. So we would say, right, your child's reading age at this stage is whatever it is. We're going to put this intervention in place and then we're going to retest after six months to see what the progress is. And typically, <clears throat> typically we saw good progress. We had a year four child who had a standardized score for reading. Um, as 70 which is well below you have to be 84 or below to have concerns and within six months of uh, really good intensive uh, intervention uh, we pulled him up to average to 90 in six months that's amazing it does work so it does work so yeah I'm just it's it's passing on that message (laughs) yeah oh yes um what uh because I noticed and we were talking about it that you also provide like help for kids who are struggling with, you know, anxiety and all yeah, of that, 100%. that does come with this disability too. So talk a little bit about that and what you can offer. Um, so I also, and this was very new, actually, this was during COVID. So only this side of the um, screening for dyslexia kind of expanded through COVID. So I do feel quite blessed. Uh, I know there have been winners and losers in COVID, but um so I am really into growth mindset and the wonderful Carol Dweck, who's obviously from the United States. I got really interested in her and uh, her philosophy. And basically, I created a little six weeks. So it's only six weeks mini coaching course, which I aim for kind of eight to 12 year olds. And we just explore a word a week. So I started it today, actually, because I do it every half term. So today we learned the power of, of mistakes and how mistakes can help us. And uh, we talked about things like, um, you know, how do you think a plane was created? Somebody had to make a lot of mistakes in order to, to actually fly, you know, and top engineers. And then we just do games and we watch videos and have discussions. But at the end of the six weeks, 
they have to do a scaling system. So they have to say where they were at at the beginning and then say where they were at at the end. And typically, um, out of 10, you know, you get some good score ratings. You know, they'll say, oh, I was a two, I've gone to a six, or a two, I've gone to a seven or a three. So they all make progress. Some make very small progress if they're in a bit of a dark place, um, but they all make progress. And it's lovely because they're with like-minded children, so they're in a safe community. I only have seven students, so they all know that, you know, if somebody says something, they're sitting there thinking, oh, yeah, I feel like that. I felt like that. So they know that it also helps them to understand I'm not alone, actually. It's, you know, because often we know that children, that as much as we want them to talk to mum and dad, sometimes they won't. And we just have to face it and say, actually, my child needs to go to talk to someone neutral or they need to go and join a group or because um, we have do you have it I don't know if you have it in America we have this big thing it's really exploded over here it's a really good it's called ELSA which is emotional literacy support um, I think it's the association is the A and lots of schools are buying into it so lots and lots of children now are able to um, access a lot of emotional literacy support within schools so that's a really good thing the UK are doing yeah it's so important and even if a child isn't dyslexic you know Children are yeah. still struggling. And so yeah. the main thing I know as a child is I felt shame. And, oh, you know, shame. I know my son felt shame. And that's what people, you know, the biggest thing that they'll say is that they felt ashamed, that they felt yeah. like they weren't smart. So I have making sure that they have that support system and just being able to talk about it. I can't even imagine how powerful it is. So. Yeah, it's very fun. And I was going to say, there's a lot of adults. So when I'm screening kids, I will often, uh, the parents will also tell, and I know we spoke earlier, parents will say, I think, I'm, I think I'm probably dyslexic, but I haven't been diagnosed because I see my child. I see that I see what I was going through. But there's a generation, there's a whole generation of people, probably my age and a bit younger, that went through school and actually did probably like yourself, had a really hard time. And, you know, that word of feeling ashamed is so I often so often hear it. it's so sad well and you know dyslexia is genetic too and a lot of people don't realize that so it does run in families so um I would love if you would share a little bit about maybe if a teacher um she doesn't have any dyslexia training how could you be of a support to her what are things that would help her or him so <laughs> Um, another thing that I've been doing, <laughs> so I'm providing now a lot of training. So I've landed, um, I've got a couple of contracts with uh, schools within boroughs, so equivalent to your states, but I also provide my own um, webinars and workshops. And um, I tend to do a lot of evening ones. So I'm, con I'm getting a lot of um, people from America, actually. And I awesome. do early morning ones and I'm catching people from Australia. So I will do workshops. Um, in fact, I'm doing like a two hour masterclass on Saturday and I call it a two hour reading, writing and spelling masterclass where I do like an interactive, literally show you how I teach and show like a, um, a demo lesson. But I also do workshops on how to build up self-esteem and build resilience. I'm doing one on working memory because the working memory one is what seems to be one of the most popular ones because it feels like an area that people don't really understand too much about and it's looking at ways of supporting working memory uh but i also do i do workshops i get parents and teachers coming along I, i've got one next week calling uh two weeks time called success success in the classroom 
So I just offer loads of, I call them power hours because they're quite fast paced. I'm a no messing person because I've sat in too many training sessions, doodling and being bored because I've been told I've got to be training for half a day or a day. Whereas I say to people, this is a power hour, it's fast paced, it's interactive, but I guarantee you will come out there, you'll come out and you'll have ideas and you'll be buzzing because you want to go and help your kids. I and love it. Guarantee. I love it. <laughs> I love that so much. I, and I would agree with you. Sometimes they can go too long. So yeah. <laughs> I'm a power hour girl. Yeah. Um, <laughs> in closing today, is there something that you can share with parents? Maybe a tip or something. <laughs> so my tip, one of my greatest tips, so I, I would say this to parents, and I said it to every single colleague that I ever worked with when I was a Senko role is, if you have a niggle, because we all have niggles, if you've got a niggle there or a niggle there, you must act upon it and do not let anybody tell you otherwise. Because um, I would say as a percentage in all the screenings I've done, about 90 to 95% of parents were right in getting their child screened. So they were right to have that niggle. So just don't be batted away and don't be told no you have to wait because you do not have to wait so that would be my greatest tip and let's get these kids seen early and let's get the help that they need yeah absolutely a hundred percent and today is international literacy day so oh, yeah and so I was like this is great and thank you so much for being my guest I love this that you're in the UK and I'm in the U.S. And we can come together. And it's it's just incredible to me. But, can I just say one thing? Yeah. I just forgot, as I'm saying one thing, um, I'm doing it every month now. So I do do a free masterclass, which is, so it's my way of giving back. So I know some people can't afford workshops and webinars. And I have 100 places a month. Uh, so the September one's gone, but there are places. And it's literally called the Reading, Writing and Spelling Masterclass. Uh, um, so it's, sorry, three, sorry, it's not. It's um, building up... Um, Three ways to build up reading fluency for dyslexic students. And I show Perfect. a case study as well. So just Perfect. thank you for sharing that. Thank you so much. And I will put all your information um, when I share this. And uh, people, please check screening for dyslexia out and all that she is doing. Oh, thank um, you. All that you're doing is so greatly needed all over the world. We need oh, more people you. like you. So, but thank oh. you so much. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's been yeah. a delight. Cheers. All right, everybody. Well, thank you so much and see you on the next episode of Dyslexia Duels.